I'm Kelsey Bach, and welcome back to season two of the Music Drives Us podcast. This week's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing the Q-Tip Bandits, a band whose energy matches their music. Hey guys, I'm Kelsey, and I'm here with Q-Tip Bandits for MDU. Hello. Hey, Kelsey. Hi, guys. <laughs> thank you so much for talking with us. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Um, I want to start by going from the beginning, you could say. What is your guys' earliest memory of like interacting with music, or like, did you play as like a kid? Like, what was that wow. first, that oh, first man. one? The first band that I was addicted to was Green Day. Nice. I remember my parents bought like a live DVD of Green Day playing, I don't know, it was probably Wembley or something, right? Mm -hmm. And they would put it on the TV and I would like get down to like a tank top and like my underwear or something. And I would be bring my guitar down and pretend that I was Billy Joe and like dancing around the living room and we have plenty of home videos of that, and that's great. Nice. And that's I gotta like, see those. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. Those. <laughs> those are that's awesome. Yeah. What about you? Any anyone else? Um, for me, I started out playing violin, and the earliest memory I have of interacting with music was just like being in orchestra in elementary school. But that's about it. It's not much deeper than that. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't need to be deep. It doesn't need to be deep at all. Down the line. Down the line. Sure. Down okay. the line. My earliest musical memory. I think I was about three years old. My parents used to have like friends over a lot and mm-hmm. they have the karaoke machine going. Nice. And so there's this Chinese song about the Taiwanese revolution. And I just remember my dad and like my uncle belting this shit. Absolute bomb. Like, like that is the one bop. that's like deepest in the fucking <laughs> like annals of my in brain. In the recesses <laughs> yeah. and it's always there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how or why this started, but um, my parents tell me stories of when I, and I have memories of this as well, when I was five years old, I would run around the house playing uh, the egg cutter, which I don't know if you're familiar with, you, you put a boiled egg in this little contraption with like metal strings and it slices it into perfectly even little Ooh. slices. Anyway, I was fascinated by that because when I plucked the little strings, it made like this little like, bang, like mm-hmm. metallic sound. Yeah. And so I would run around the house playing that and just making little sounds with those strings. Who needs a guitar when you have the egg cutter? <laughs> honestly, honestly. Yeah, so yeah. that That's was my cool. first instrument. That's, That's cool. Right. I'm Claire David. I play the egg cutter. Um, uh, I think, I mean, as long as I can remember, there's been music around. My grandfather was in a band. Uh, he was always rehearsing. I mean, my mom wanted me to be super into music, so she was buying me you know, the guitar, little toys. I had a little kids karaoke machine. Yeah. I had a, a little like, you know, student guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they put me in piano lessons when I was in like first or second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just always been around and I've always been trying to find my voice. And then I played trombone in the fourth grade and nice. that was it. Hell yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like you guys did a lot of music in schools. Did you have access to that growing up, or did it something you have to, like, seek out outside? Wow. Yeah, music was always accessible for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in the same boat of, like, my parents wanted me to play music for whatever reason. Maybe it'll, it would make me smarter. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Maybe it worked. Maybe it didn't. <laughs> but hey, you're pretty smart. Hey, thanks. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. You're pretty I would not gonna do this. I'll, I'll say this for later. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was always accessible. Like I remember playing the recorder in third grade, the violin in like second grade, and they were really just 
I think they're trying to suss out like all the kids who are good at music. Yeah, like, you're really like, early mm, on. Where do we want to push you? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. What track are we gonna put you on for mm -hmm. the rest of your life? Like, let's decide. <laughs> I don't now. know. Like, I'm seven. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're like, you don't know Hot Cross Buns. Out. Like, out of here. Get no. out. Like. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Do you guys have access to that? Um. Yeah. I guess. The school system that I was in always really had great access to music, which was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And also my parents encouraged it. Um, I guess I was really excited. Every time I talk to my mom, she's like, you were so excited to play the violin. But I don't remember. I was five. I have no clue. <laughs> but um, I trust her. But yeah, it was always very accessible for me. Nice. I trust her. She seems reliable. Yeah. Yeah. And she it's just raised lady. me yeah. for my entire life. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, music was really accessible to me. Um, it was in all the schools around. Mm -hmm. um, I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to have gone to a school with like a really good band program, uh, with a teacher that really cared. And then I'm also fortunate enough to have gone to um, an art school for high school, the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts. Ooh. Shout out Noka. Shout out Noka. Um, yeah, and you know, I was just amazing faculty and staff there that in um, indoctrinated me. No. Mm. Taught it, they implanted. They took the file and they filed your teeth. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> it was a good place to go to hone my skills, and they all right, were we really we good at helping me with that. Um, and yeah, I was just super fortunate to have music be such an accessible thing in my life. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I started um, playing in an orchestra at school in fourth grade and played the upright bass there and I just I fell in love with it I, I that was where I first discovered mm -hmm. um, that you could combine uh, the upright bass and then a guitar and then turn it into a bass guitar yeah and that opened a whole new world for me but yeah very fortunate that my school had had those programs to be able to make that happen and plant that seed of, of awesome. imagination yeah, yeah now oh, we yeah. have some amazing hard rock in the background let's, <laughs> go. Yeah, let's go i love it sounds great it sounds it great. is really good they're going they're they're going what about you dakota accessibility to music yeah uh, you know i had one class in school mr chapman and uh same kind of thing they put everybody on everything actually i remember we had like one imac like the old ones in the classroom, and it was like everyone had instruments, but then you had the ability to like mess around on GarageBand. Wow. Oh, and I remember doing that tech. and like pulling up all the different loops. I'm like, yeah, I'm building the hottest track. Of the <laughs> no, you know that meme like, where it's like me and eighth yeah, grade yeah, making yeah. the hottest yeah, yeah. tracks yeah. in GarageBand. And it's like, you're like, this, this is the new thing. Fast. This is going to be my number one hit. Like, <laughs> Apple, yeah. if you didn't already copyright these, I would have been making hits. <laughs> <laughs> Actual hot garbage. Dude, did y'all have boom whackers? There were like oh, the tubes yeah, and they yeah, had yeah. pitches. Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, yeah, those, yeah. Those and they were different colors. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Different mm -hmm. colors for different pitches. It was oh, yeah. great. I've seen TikToks about those. Yeah, they're, they're making the a comeback. You're in the I'm know. trying to throw it on like a future record, for real. Oh, we could do that. Maybe hire like Blue Man Group to do it for us. Blue Man. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta connect. Q-Tip Bandits featuring Blue Man Group. That's right. I am ready for this. I'll tell you about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For another time. Do you guys have any like teachers you would call out, a, like um, shout out? Miss uh, Newman. She was the one that pushed me to start playing drum set because I didn't have a drum set and I think I wanted to, but I was like really shy and scared because mm -hmm. 
she actually played drum set and she was amazing at it. And I remember there was like a Christmas recital coming up and she like wanted like a squad of people on drum sets. And I was like, I don't know, I don't think I can do it. Um, and she, she pushed me very kindly to do that. And obviously I'm here now and that's kind of crazy. So Miss Newman is the best. Nice. Uh, damn, I got a couple. Is it okay if I like just do a Dude, list? Dude, list them off. All right, list here we go. them off. <clears throat> First off, shout out to Mr. Cusk. Love that guy. Shout out to Mr. Zerker. Shout out to Mr. Eversault. Love that guy. Shout out to Mrs. Hale. And shout out to Miss Sherry Russell. You got first and last name on that uh, one. Yep. First and yep. last. Okay. Okay. I want to shout out Desh Hindle. I also want to shout out every music teacher that passed through the halls of Michael Driscoll Elementary School in Brookline, Massachusetts from the year 2000 to the year 2009. <laughs> I want to shout out uh, Aster Lai. I want to shout out her husband, Mr. Lai. I don't, talking Lai. I want to shout out Israel Sandoval. I want to shout out Christina Applegate. I want to shout out Christina Aguilera. I want to shout out my main man, Alan Stone. I want to shout out John Frusciante. I want to shout out you. Sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that one. And all the teachers and faculty over at Brookline Music School. That's where I first learned how to play music. And they continue to support me since I was like four years old. So Brookline has a great program. Awesome. I, my friend went there and he, the musical theater program there, I was like, damn, yeah. popping off. Yeah. What about you? I, I had some fantastic uh, teachers in public school, but I think the, the two um, music mentors that really made the most impact in my life were actually at a place that I took lessons outside of school, which is called School of Rock. And they- um, Oh, where, in Norwood? No, in uh, in Michigan, where oh, I grew wow. up. Oh wow, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere now. Yeah, it really that was where once I discovered that I wanted to pursue music in some capacity, mm -hmm. and my parents signed me up for some lessons there. That really was where my life changed, and I realized that this was something I could pursue as more than just a hobby, and mm -hmm. that I wanted to continue to do it for the rest of my life. So, two mentors from there are Michael Latcha and Eddie Branick, who are wonderful people and are back home in Michigan. Awesome, big yeah. shout out. Um, I'm gonna go from the beginning. Um, shout out and rest in peace, uh, James Ruth Miller. He was my first band director. Um, Dr. Ji Yoon Ko at NOCA, Matthew Wright at NOCA. Um, Stacy Toll, thank you for being, thank you for letting me be a part of the Destrahan band. Um, Ah, uh, who else? Um, all of the trombone professors at Berklee College of Music, but especially John Fayetta, Angel Subaru, and Marshall Jilks. Thank you guys. Um, I think that's everybody. Nice. Big Berkeley shout outs. Big Berkeley shout outs. <laughs> so I guess the next one would be based off of like whether what like access you had growing up, do you think that influenced the sound that you guys have now? It, like what you grew up on, or do you think that you developed that? more on your own outside of it. I definitely developed it more on my own. Mm -hmm. 100%. I feel like I grew up a lot on jazz, and I feel like that definitely influences the sound I have now, but I don't know. When I got to college, uh, it really blossomed and opened up, so I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of jazz in there, but it got a lot uh, bigger as I moved on. When you say the sound, do you mean individually or collectively as a band? Both, if okay. you guys think that whatever applies better. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Kelsey, could you repeat the question, please? Based off of essentially what you, what music, ooh, oh no, uh, what music like you, education and stuff growing up, what you had access to, do you think that affected like what sound you have, either as an individual or as a band? I 100% would not be the person I am without the musical education I got growing up. Mm-hmm. It was probably the hardest time in my life when I was going from 17 to 19. Mm-hmm and the ability to try to rediscover myself and remember that music was somewhere that I could turn to because I had a deeply ingrained education from early on Mm -hmm. was something super important to me. And I definitely branched out to find what I liked Mm -hmm. and maybe that's where the sound comes from. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be here if I didn't have the education growing up. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like even if you even if you don't latch on to necessarily the education part of music in the Mm -hmm. sense of like, oh, you're great at theory or you understand, you know, like scales aren't your thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's there's something um, beautiful that that even just comes out of being around and inspired by someone who has the same love for music as you do. And they are passing down what they know to you and just the sense of community that that builds and the people that you're you're taking lessons with as well or you're you know surrounded by in that orchestra class Mm -hmm. like I I think that more than any specific you know piece of education that someone can teach you makes all the difference in in the sound and and the love that you have Mm -hmm. It's it's a tradition since the first humans that has been passed down to us yeah you know like when we receive musical education from anybody what we do I hope is a part of that lineage but it's like this this thing runs deep, yeah. and I'm glad to have got it at an early age. That's awesome. That's really cool. I think same. I think um, the education, the tradition. Um, I think I'm standing on the shoulders of everyone before me and who put me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my last question for you guys is: Do you have any advice to kids who maybe don't have access or are looking to? find a way to get access uh you can do it yourself if mm-hmm. you can get a hold of something that makes sound whether it's an egg cutter mm-hmm. or you know a, a <laughs> full circle right yeah. a really really bad first what's the name of the brand second act first act, first act guitar you know whatever it is uh you can find something that you make noise and songs and music with mm-hmm and the internet is your best friend if you have access to that. Mm-hmm. Everything you could ever want to know is on the internet. And people love sharing what they know as well. Mm-hmm. I'd also say, even if you don't have access to a traditional music education in school or, or outside of school, it may be scary, but put yourself out there. There's open mics everywhere. Um, there's always concerts going on and just get involved with your local music community in some way and uh, you'll you'll find your mentors there even if they're not mentors in the traditional sense mm-hmm. um, I would say just like sing hit stuff don't hit your friends but <laughs> don't do that don't do that <laughs> drum out rhythms and just like you know like Dakota said um, the internet is an incredibly useful tool and also more so than that um, Find your people, like find yeah. music people yeah. around you that are interested in the same thing you are and just like hang out with them, do the thing, do what you love and right. then uh, it'll lead you to great places. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> something that makes sound is better than some than anything that makes sound is better than nothing that makes sound if you're trying to make music. I think for me there was like a big when I was young, a self-conscious part of it and my biggest advice is like don't care if you are bad. Just do it because it feels fucking good. Sucking at something is the first step to being good at something. Yeah, yeah. Singing is just screaming with a little more control. It's like you just have to be bad at it, but love doing it first. Mm-hmm. And lean into that. Nobody started out a fucking god. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that is so true. Yeah. Except- Except, yeah, except, except, like, maybe, except maybe like Mozart. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, maybe Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? There's a few out there that's like, wow, I mean, hey, but they probably got an education somehow, whether it was Very traditional true. or not. Mm-hmm. You know, like, to be real about it. Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere was like, do it like this. Do or it. like, yeah. Just. Do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Not sponsored. Mm-hmm. Not sponsored by Nike, but open to a sponsorship but open with to Nike. Sub Nike. I'm a more, I'm more of an Adidas guy, or Vans, or Mar- Doc Martens. Never mind Nike. Yeah, Doc Martens. Yeah, now you're, now you gotta be Nike. Sorry, Nike. Guy. I mean, I don't know. Y'all fought over Jordan. You can fight over me. Dr. Martens. <laughs> uh, we have an Instagram. <laughs> you're like, you're like, please check us out. <laughs> you will see in the pictures on our Instagram. We wear a lot of. Dr. Martins. <laughs> <laughs> Got the full name in that one. PhD, baby. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for talking with us today. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you. Thank you.